This year you'll need Halloween sex experts with special XXX costumes, including actual cops. 48 minutes of dogs barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dogs barking. 48 minutes of dogs barking. When I was in college, there was a kid who was telling me about a mythical bad beer, like worse than like fucking Colt 45. What was it called? Baja. Ba- I cannot say I have ever heard I have of Baja. I've heard stories about Baja. Yeah. Never actually. Never uh, see it. And he was like, oh, huh. there's this one place on like lilac you gotta drive like in the river in <laughs> which like, is yeah down down by the river there yeah yeah and uh i'm like yeah i don't need to be like in like spanish like bell fountain neighbors area to try a bad beer like i don't need yeah. to go that far into the into that world no especially considering beer 30 is sold in a lot of different places oh beer 30 grab up beer 30 oh yeah beer 30 uh, I was a, a friend with a, a couple of guys in a punk band in high school, and they had a whole song devoted to it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the band was called Heterosexual and Afraid. <laughs> and that, sounds, that sounds like a TLC show. Yeah, and they're, and they're one <laughs> they're and only. teaching the kids one school pronouns? Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, first of all, I got to get some salt in my system so I don't get dehydrated. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly it. Their one and only album was The Adventures of Two-Headed Jesus. Uh, it, and it does have a wonderful experimental track called The the Death and Martyrdom of Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of those bands where like conceptually everything was really funny and good, except for the music. No, music was actually pretty fine. They were oh, okay. very much like a Dead Milkman thing where they're just riffing on it, but also they were talented, so it, it, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get you a copy of that record, because it's uh, way the fuck out of print. Uh, let's put it that way. There was a band from Atlanta that played the Firebird one time called Tree Fort. T-R-E-E-P-H-O-R-T. Okay. They were from Atlanta, and they were on tour with this other band. They had brought, like their drinking buddy with them who was just like a guy who was like oh that's a union plumber (laughs) was it like the guy in the mighty mighty boss tones whose whole deal was he just danced was that kind of he was just like showed up and drank it's basically what like they brought their buddy with them to like get fucked up and it's like these are guys who are like probably in their early 30s if not older I remember him getting really drunk and then taking a, a package of frozen hot dogs. And I forget what he did with them specifically. Oh, you've told this story on the show because the hot dogs wound up in the weirdest fucking places. Yeah, you were like and... um, cleaning out the venue because they're putting in a new floor. And we were moving stuff around. And we moved this one chair, a booth. Yeah, chair, one of the one a of booth the... section. Yeah. And there was a hot dog. Mm. And it was covered in dust, but the thing was, it didn't look like it was starting to fall apart. It wasn't like it was deteriorating <laughs> or anything. It was miraculously well preserved. It was a the miracle dog, hot dog, which made you really wonder what how what you were putting in your body if you ate one of those. All of their songs were stuff like you know Jesus would have played this show for free. I wrote this song at Starbucks. Hell yeah, my kind of folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the record that they gave me was called 
dolphin wizard laser vomit, I want to say. <laughs> These are my people. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the kind of thing I would title a record. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> songs, titles like, Why Do Fat Kids Like Metallica? <laughs> Soccer Mom. Oh, uh, their first record was called The Streets of One Road with the Blood of the Non-Believers. And it has um, like a very kind of Pennywise sort of drawing. Okay. Like, like a very early Warp Tour band kind of album. Yeah, yeah. Of, of a kid playing a gun at another kid. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, 2008, buy this album of The Terrorists Will Win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use Your Illusion 3. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> they have they have one here that was like, it was ICP. Yeah. But it, it was like IC Pizza, maybe? <laughs> they just had really weird songs. I'm really bummed that Dolphin L- Wizard Laser Vomit is not on Spotify because it's kind of amazing. No one eats at Blimpies. <laughs> <laughs> Punk Rock's not dead. It's just for Hicks. Okay. Thank you for suing my friend. This is also like a little bit anal cunt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just a little... Little slice of life there for you, folks. That's fantastic. I, fantastic. I, I, I kind of want to hear this record now. <laughs> so we're going to start off this week. By the way, it's forty-eight minutes of dogs barking. My name's Jason. This is Brian. We are back at the chalet, hanging just two dudes' time. We forgot one story. Oh yeah, I watched a pedophile get arrested. Yes, holy shit! The Department of Corrections uh, lost a pedophile. <laughs> Let him uh, just lo- just like he a, was. He yeah. was at a at Mercy South Hospital. Uh, getting some treatment. Yeah. And this is a man that was serving 30 years for some sort of enticement and sodomy or something. Like one of those things where it sounds like a thing that if you, you would get charged with if you stole a horse in the 1400s. <laughs> um, he was rusticated for petumency or whatever. It's yeah, the pedophile got loose and he looked like Anthony F- Fantano. Fantano. <laughs> the the kneel drop guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really just like, oh, so he apparently got up north in the general vicinity of where we're at in Tower Grove. Yeah. Which is like, if you wanted to be a guy who's a, a pedophile, it looks like Anthony Fantano, and yeah. you're wearing soccer shorts and a jersey or in a hoodie, and you want to blend in. That's probably the place you could, go. Couldn't like, pick so, a better like, place. So, yeah, he got, he got information from the inside. <laughs> like all he needed was like a three thousand dollar like designer like French bulldog. Yep. And he was the cops would he never like, found him. And posed for a selfie. Oh no! With a lady. Did you not hear about this? No, I didn't hear about that he part. Started, Jesus Christ! And with <laughs> like y'all, I'm out here. I'm out here trying to just trying to live. I'm free. Hey, speaking of Anthony Fantano, do you think what he got in trouble for was because he uh, was a light ten? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Woo! I just barely understand that. You know, there's cops, DOC, oh, yeah. all, all around this neighborhood. Guns, and they're all dressed up like they're in Ferguson again. <laughs> it's really upsetting, and um, he kind of just disappeared after that. You know, this was early afternoon. And so late in the evening, I am thinking... You know what? I got just enough energy to make a grocery store run. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers, he had some deer sausage. Oh yes, he gave me. I we brought it over last for the week. recording yeah. Yeah, last yeah. week. It was very delicious. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get some nice cheeses. I get some mm. crackers and pair with that. It's gonna be a little fancy. It's gonna be a little fancy. A little fancy. And uh, so I, I go to the grocery store, buy my fancy cheeses, and I, I get the crackers. And I'm walking out, and I just hear a bunch of fucking scream. Hey, you! Oh. Put your hands down. And I'm like, all right. 
You know, <laughs> I get in my car. I see like five. I see Shrewsbury cops. I see county st louis county i see cops from like three or four municipalities they're just swarming and because my ass is from north county yeah it ain't too uncommon you know when i was living north of 40 right the sea someone in a parking lot of a grocery store get chased by like a dozen cops yeah yeah it would happen and and sometimes you know um it was just like you know this ain't this ain't my problem yeah 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 you kind of learn i'm sure there's something but i ain't going like like this guy's reaching inside of his uh, his waistband, and the, the cops, you know, going for his holster. Like, you know, what? I'm just going to turn away. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there's some there's something going on here that does not concern me, regardless of what's right or wrong about policing. Like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I am uh, I'm not going to be a part of this. Yeah. There's something going on here. I don't understand. I don't want to get confused in it or be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think anything of it for a minute. Sure. And I'm driving away, and I see a guy that looks like Anthony Fantano. Like with like fifty cops swarming him, like it is it is like the most awkward prep rally. <laughs> and uh, I tweet it, and I, I say something about it on Facebook, and I'm talking to you about it like a day or two later, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, that wasn't a bit." Like, no, that was a real ass thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Sometimes you know, like when you say things, there are times when the law, like, they f- they found their pedophile. Yeah, and then. I was doing some research on it, and I go, I go to work the next day, and I'm like trying to tell my boss about it. And he's like, oh, they found the pedophile? Was that what, Like, he already knew what I was going to tell him about. They found the yeah, pedophile? Yeah, he, he figured it out. Like, yeah. it, was, it was like, well, that's, you know, you know thanks. Thanks yeah, for ruining my story. Blew but, my story. But, but I, I started reading into this guy, uh, and I, the thing was that he en- enticed a child for a dollar no. to like, hey, I want to show you something, or can you show me a path through... Uh, the woods or something like this 10-year-old boy. Oh, boy. And they they get down to this river. There's apparently a fisherman, so they go the other the other direction. And he, he he gives the kid, like, two bucks and then threatens, like, you know, like, tries to touch him. And he's like, if you don't let me touch you, I'm going to throw you in the river. And the kid gets away from him. And I'm just thinking, like, all of these things here is just like, listen, two bucks? Yeah, two bucks. Two bucks? <laughs> Listen, this isn't this isn't the fucking fifties. No, like if you want, like, like this, like, what you think was going to happen, dude? Like you lowballing him like that? Yeah. No, no kid's going to let you do that for under twenty. Under (laughs) twenty. I was thinking, like, yeah, you deserve thirty years in jail. Like you were even slick, man. No, man. This you were set to fail, man. This was like one of those like old timey newsreels of people doing like. The inventions that came before, like the airplane, yeah, you know, like these, like guys Just, like falling off buildings and yeah. these weird circular things humping the ground, and it was like you just, yeah, you were born, you were, you were destined to fail and fucked up, yeah. Uh, other things of note this week: a uh, a wonderful no techie article. I'd never heard of this uh, site before, but apparently one of their writers, Kevin Raposo. Took it upon himself to uh, test out the new Cash App card. Cash App let me customize my card with the most unthinkable design, pushing limits with personalization. My unforgettable experience with Cash App's custom debit cards. He says, I, with the intellectual prowess of a pubescent preteen, decide to test the limits of the feature. Cash App, of course, rolling out customizable debit cards. My weapon of choice... The word come. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, in my hands, I held not just any card, but my come card. As I stared at the masterpiece that had somehow slipped past Cash App's quality control, I realized I had unwittingly created my magnum opus. 
Uh, and then <laughs> there's a picture there, a black card, white text, and it just says, come. come. Yeah. <laughs> My wife, he continues, bless her soul, was less than impressed. But then again, she's grown weary of my internet shenanigans. <laughs> so apparently you can put whatever you want on those cash app cards. That's fun. Amazing. We've got a random ass picture from Taylor Swift. She was uh, attending a Kansas city chiefs game. Apparently she's dating the tight end of Kansas city chiefs and pictured here on the little plate. There is what appears to be just a regular ass piece of chicken. Yeah. But the caption Taylor Swift was eating a piece of chicken with ketchup and seemingly ranch. Uh, and I don't know why, but the phrase and seemingly ranch became like cellar door on Twitter for a couple of days. People were just going and seemingly ranch. Like there's a, it's just such a, it doesn't feel like English is this person's first language. You know what I mean? Like it feels yeah. like a real, like this, and this seemingly very interesting ranch. phrasing. Because there's definitely some sort of white substance. It could be mayo. She is white. Taylor Swift is white. True. Pro- possibly the, the penultimate. You said it right the first time. Uh, the, the, the ultimate white woman? <laughs> the nay plus ultra of white I women. Heard, like I, heard, I heard Taylor Swift. She's taking the Eras tour to Afghanistan. <laughs> she, has, uh, equipped, she has equipped her dancers and her crew with stinger missiles and bicycle bombs. <laughs> and she opens every date with the big thing. Is this, this tour is dedicated to the, the brave, brave fighters, the Mujahideen. <laughs> You know that's fake, right? <laughs> yes, I know. Okay, we've okay. we've we've been, yeah, but yeah. it's still funny, and I'm still going to keep saying it. It's still incredibly funny. Yes, no, I can't disagree with that. I'm looking forward to the forever tour. <laughs> 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 She's going to keep getting redeployed. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to call her next tour like stop loss. <laughs> A blowback tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just been like flowing in my head all day. Like, what if? Once Taylor Swift <laughs> took the arrows tour to Afghanistan. <laughs> I know Twitter is having problems, but I didn't know how bad it was until I saw this. A verified account called AOC Financial Ruin. For those of you not in the know, of course, AOC is short for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a young congresswoman from New York. This is, of course, the, not... The big booty Latina. All <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, the, this, of course, is not actually AOC, but someone cosplaying as AOC or, or pretending to be her with a verified account on Twitter. There were lingering issues with a testosterone-driven Republican alpha male cry-laughing emoji. He had already submitted to me once. I tore down the fabric of his fragile masculinity, and he was subjugated to the point where his testicles physically hurt. A mental claw was wrapped around them, and my property was claimed. The only problem was he still had evidence that he was a man. His beard. I manipulated him to shave it off, so there's a constant reminder of our power dynamic now. The best part is he was forced to send a video of him pissing on his own former beard, a fitting metaphor, since he's already pissed away his own finances to his daddy, he might as well piss on the last shred of his manhood as well. <laughs> and then a smiling picture of AOC with what is uh, appears to be someone pissing onto shaved beard bits in the toilet at the bottom. Findom, femdom, catfish, scam. So <laughs> Amazing. This is what's happening on Twitter. I just, yeah, like, okay, all right. Well, this is, I guess, what's happening. An AOC Findom uh, account. She's campaigning early. <laughs> She's running. <laughs> She's running. <laughs> Over the 
the past week, a gentleman who goes by the name of at Cushbaum on Twitter, also known as Matt Chrisman, one of the guys in Chapo Trap House, wonderfully popular leftist political podcast, had a bit of a medical emergency. We still don't know exactly what happened. And a lot of people, of course, because the other members of the podcast are not saying, are left to speculate. It has, however, let out all the crazies who do not like them. <laughs> and so, because a lot of the Chapo guys, Matt included, would be less than civil, let's say, when someone in power was experiencing Abrasive. a health crisis. Yeah. The, the, the Hillary stumbling up the stairs, Trump struggling to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was all pretty fucking funny. Yeah, that's the thing. It is actually funny. But some of these guys who are, you know, coming after the... the Maoist Ben Carson? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly my favorite uh, push bomb. What a, what a wonderful yeah. guy. Yeah, and his Twitch streams were always really funny because he's either, like, grilling... Or, <laughs> or, he's or, a, or just <laughs> eating a vape. <laughs> and just going on a 10-minute uh, rant about, like, the nature of, of reality or whatever. So these guys that are just so mad about Chapo Trap House existing and being successful were really showing their asses online. One of them here, Jeff Schollenberger, the Chapo incivility doctrine was understood briefly as a variety of anti-woke leftism, but overall, it combined with the influence of the closely linked Gawker media diaspora to galvanize the shock troops of left dogmatism and reinforce ideological conformity. Okay. This guy needs to be put into a dog crate and pushed into a river. <laughs> the idea that an uncivilly, uncivil lefty bro could force, could be a force against left conformism should have already been put to rest. The shrieking, hectoring, moralizing incivility of Amber's attackers was far more effective and eventually most... It, it, it's all nonsense. This is just... Right. Uh, I, I deserve to be mad at him. That's what, that's what this is. It's like, yeah. I deserve to be mad at this guy. For no real reason. I, I, um, this sounds like a guy who was mad that he wasn't one of the cool kids. Yeah. This is unfortunately not too different than what Jake Flores is doing with like some of the Dime Square people. Yes. Unfortunately, that is that is very true. But I, I, Jake Jake is also, uh, unlike this guy, also right. Yeah. But there, it, still, it still stinks of the same, no, absolutely. The same thing. No, absolutely. My thought on the matter was, of course, you know, th these guys that are supposedly going to be, you know, dunking on Matt's health crisis. They're just mean. It's not even funny. I think that's the problem I had with it. They're not funny. Allegedly, it's a stroke. There's been no verification of that. Right. And but, we don't, um, none of us really know for sure. I mean, that's, that's what we want to emphasize here is that, like, until his friends and family, you know, and release his, that, his wife, who is confusingly also named Amber, yeah. until she says something. I mean, she has said something, but she hasn't given details, and that's their privacy and yeah. all that. The fact is he had a stroke or something like that, some sort of medical emergency, like a week before his first child is to be born. Yeah. I mean, I'm an asshole. And I would, I mean, the worst thing I said, I said, uh, Matt Christman, if you're on your deathbed, please do the needful and admit the video games are art. Yes. Which I mean, is, which is funny. Right. <laughs> That's yes. the thing. These guys, these people that we're talking about do not have jokes. Like they, they're, they, just, they're just mad. Yeah. They're, they're self-pissed. They're mad. <laughs> yeah, they, they have definitely pissed and shitted in their doo-doo ass. Here's a, a small selection. The American nation must go. Who must go? The old Assad must go meme. Mm -hmm. Shit. Bad joke. One out of five. Here's another one. Ca he calls himself Carl Drago. 
the bad guy in Rocky Three, by the way. Yeah, his at is woke capital, so you know, you know we're dealing with the real brain genius here. His first pics of Matt Chrisman are being released, and it's looking bad, bros. The stroke has significantly disfigured his face, and it's a photo. I believe from the New York or Vanity Fair. I can't remember I think if it's it was New York. the first actual like bit of press they got. Right, which is just Matt looking stoned, looking like one of those rioters that gets like gangrene or something <laughs> that never like went to war. Right. Here's one at Stephen George seventy seven asking my wife to make me a Matt Christman and then in parentheses vegetable casserole for dinner tonight. Not funny. Zero out of five explains the joke. Here's another one. <laughs> They're doing the Trump bit, right? This guy, Matt Christman, some are calling him Vegetable Matt. I never called him that, but some people do. And it's just like, eh, bunch the punchline, kind of busy. Yeah, I don't know. You just could have posted the, the photo of him looking at dresses. There's a photo from what I think when they did one of their first things in like Columbus, Ohio with like Street Fight or something mm, like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was either Amber or Felix took a photo of Matt. And he happened to be wearing the exact same outfit as a child behind him. I believe it was a red t-shirt and black shorts. And okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah and a- you could just post that being like, which one of these? Which one of these people had a stroke? I can't tell. You know, like, yeah, yeah. There's a riff in there. You can build it. Like, well, yeah. Just being like, haha. I hope he dies and his child is miserable. These kind of jokes just don't really go anywhere like there's a difference between being malicious and and being just like viciously funny yeah these people just don't have the the fucking balls for it. here's another one matt chrisman's inner monologue when he is brain dead and the african immigrant bed nurse hawks a loogie in his nose and he starts drowning and it's a looping gif of a uh, a disabled uh, twitch streamer trying to clap his hands in excitement ableist punchline no need for the gif stupid joke Right, the only guys who are even approaching something funny, oddly enough, are the fucking Groiper accounts. Matt Christmas doctor here. He's actually dying from being communist and gay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Complicating that his numerous Pfizer boosters certainly didn't help. Hope this clears it up. And it's a uh, Giga Chad in a doctor's uniform. Okay. Fine. This one here. Imagine if Matt Christmas makes a miraculous recovery, wakes up from his coma, meets his new baby, and it's black. LMAO. There's a joke in there that that would be funny. You just don't need to add the fucking laugh at the end. You're making a joke. You don't need to tell me that you're laughing. It's fucking like, come on, dude. Yeah, you just you just you just no effort shit post. What imagine if, if Kristen woke up and this baby was black? Yeah, and, and that would be you... ten times funnier than this. This is the last one that I because this is when I started like, okay, this is actually not fun anymore. Matt, in January of 2023, in all caps, was responding to something else, going, I'm going to have a fucking stroke. And someone who goes by the name Matt Christman's cocaine dealer Groiper, at Bowtied Rapist, uh, posts just this gif of a guy throwing money on a laptop. Short, sweet, to the fucking point. Yeah, it still could be better. I will give you this. This is is all... It's also... I mean, they're all terrible people. We're not not in any way... The thing, too, is like you're on the wrong side of history no matter what you're you're doing here right it's punching down in so many ways and and also um i I forget who was i retweeted but you know they said basically you know all these people there these particularly liberals that are still mad about hillary in 2016 quote unquote dirtbag left and this and that being angry about hillary losing 
and blaming it on Bernie Bros or b- blaming it on anyone left of liberal or who I mean, a, you can blame centrist. it on whoever you want, but I mean, but she it still didn't comes campaign. down to the fact that Hillary ro- ran a, a very bad campaign. Yeah, it was incredibly unpopular. Yeah, I can tell you as someone who was covering the primary here in Missouri in 2016. I covered Donald Trump. I covered Hillary Clinton. I covered Bernie all in the same weekend. It was fucking insane. Jesus, yeah. And Donald Trump's was just like this spiraling Fourth Reich beer hall push for for people that buy knives online. Very unsettling and weird. Phil Schlafly came out. She had like these two guys that that would have not looked out of place on the righteous gemstones, like looking over her shoulder. And one of those guys ended up like stealing like a bunch of money from her, uh, the Eagle <laughs> Forum or whatever Eagles Forum, whatever the fuck it's called. Just insane thing. But like Donald Trump comes out, and I forget the song that played, but he walks to her. Like, he's about to fucking haymaker her in the fucking face. And I have photos <laughs> that looks like he's just about to fucking plow her into the ground like a sack of potatoes. And chop her across Just the absolutely neck. just like, yeah, just like, just <laughs> absolutely take her out, put her misery with one fucking hit to the temple. And then the next day is Hillary Clinton at a pipe fitters or metal workers like union hall or training yeah. center in yeah. Afton. Which is in South County, St. Louis. And she's talking to people in a union hall like they're fucking people on Wall Street or like a MasterCard conference Mm, or something. Yeah. Uh, And I'm like, oh, wow, this is. And she's dressed in leather and she's like wearing. She she looks like a Lannister. To put in in the the reference of the time that we were living in, she looked like a Lannister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's like, oh, this is the one that really sucks. (laughs) Yeah, because I guess in that metaphor, Trump would be like the hound. He's a piece of shit, but at least he'll tell you he's a piece of shit. I yeah, know. I don't know. And then like Bernie, uh, Bernie was at like Afton High School on Sunday, and he gave, gave great. Danny DeVito came out. Oh like, God, yeah, yeah, I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, because yeah. um, they had to have a stool for poor Danny because he's a yeah, little he's guy. So short, and uh, Danny DeVito hyped everyone up. It was uh, very hopeful and fun and inspiring. Definitely compared to the last two days. So just like on that microcosm of my experience, like, yeah, like I had this feeling while watching Hillary talk of she gets the nomination. We're fucking sunk. Yeah. And you're not wrong. Trump was in the news the other day from the NRA. Trump falls in love with Trump edition gun. Quote, I want to buy one. (laughs) And there it is. It is a Glock 19 custom uh, etched. It looks like into the metal Trump 45th there and a picture of him on the uh, on the stock there. On the grip, excuse me. Oh, God. They're going to come after me now. There he is handling it in a <laughs> in a gun store. He's handling it like you would, like if you're, like it's making your hands sticky. You're like, I don't really want to. I don't want to touch this. Yeah. I don't want to touch this too much. <laughs> I want to buy one, he says. And no, nobody had the decency to tell him, you know, people under federal indictment can't actually purchase or own handguns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. He's got a cousin. I'm, he- I'm hearing this for the first time, the gun show loophole. I mean, this is no new to me. Miles Clee, former guest of the show, good friend of the program, posted this. Apparently, Cat Turd 2 was swatted during his podcast. I forget what it's called, but something like Inside the Litter Box or some fucking dumb name. And he was doing a podcast in, in his uh, home there, and, and uh, he got swatted. Apparently, the caller pretended to be him, told the cops that he'd stabbed somebody, and he blamed it, of course, on being doxxed by, by leftist outlets. But Miles' post 
At minute 44 of today's live stream, Cat Turd had to jump off the call. At minute 59, Jewel breaks the news that he's been swatted, uttering the instantly immortal phrase, Cops are absolutely everywhere. They're all over Cat Turd Ranch. (laughs) The phrasing that accidentally comes out of these people's mouths is just Cat Turd Ranch. That does not... I guess it's like the opposite of the Bunny Ranch. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, positively. (laughs) I'm a terrible person that played in a shitty Florida band in the 90s and really done nothing other than be just like a contrarian shit heel. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like a right thing that he was doxxed. Like that's, no. I'm not, I don't, or not doxxed, but I mean, uh, swatted. I think swatting's terrible. Yeah. Uh, obviously, can, that could have gone really bad and that would have uh, been fucked. I think people had the right to know who this cantankerous shithead was. Yeah, like, I don't know, do fuck around and find out. Like, I don't think to find out should involve getting swatted, but, like, like at the same Elon time, Elon Musk is tired of your shit and, he, <laughs> and, and he, he's keeping you from your Elon bucks. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, one last thing here uh, Elron Mexico posted back in January. Every day I log on here, and every day it's Twitch streamer Crontent issued a tearful apology after evidence surfaced that he web threed Porsche and Andiquois. At a fap sim while his wife Vixen was away at Gameathon 2023. Well, his post came true because the next image that he posts in that very same thread there GNN, Jaden, a Troon tuber with 320k subscribers, has released DMs between him and Lyrics, which corroborate the allegations told by Salvo Pancakes that Lyrics had sex with Turkey Tom's girlfriend Kai <laughs> sometime before VidCon 20. 20- I don't know any of these fucking words. I don't know who these people are. It just. We on a date one time with someone that was kind of like in the scene a little bit. Yeah. And she was telling me that when they would go to the conventions, mm-hmm. particularly like the ones in Chicago, because apparently those are insane shit shows. Okay. That it became a thing that you would do a shot every single time like an EMT show or like an show. <laughs> <laughs> so I just imagine like I, you just extrapolate from that point of reference. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I I worked with a guy at Blockbuster who who was really in the anime, but specifically went to cons to fucking cruise for pussy. Jesus, and, dude! And since he like showered and like wasn't overweight, like he did all right for a lanky weird dude in the Midwest. But still, I was like, I don't know, man. Can't you just like not do that? So <laughs> Is there much? any other way you can do this? Yeah. Uh, I think I've had my fill of the internet this week, Brian. I think it's time for crypto scam oh the week you're listening to 48 minutes of dogs barking the podcast and now it's time for the crypto scam of the week what we got chief now this one's kind of interesting just because uh, as i've mentioned before one of the things that i do for uh for non-podcast money is that i work at the dick sucking factory doing internet security <laughs> uh, doing info, doing info sec it's true. At, at hog tech yeah this one comes from Wrecked.News. It starts out, Fishing is a year-round sport, but crypto is providing especially bountiful waters lately. From compromised front-end to pig-butchering scams, an eight-figure on-chain blunder to hacked celebrities, both crypto and non-crypto. We, of course, talked about Mark Cuban last week. Mm-hmm. And even government agencies getting duped the last few weeks have been filled with news of scammers hitting the jackpot via a number of common vectors. They're referring to, of course, a crypto scam, phishing attack, uh, in this case, 
was a user losing $4.5 million through what appears to be a fake mining scam. <laughs> so a guy named Tibano set up a dashboard to uh, kind of track these types of scams. And this one, uh, that particular scam is netted over $300 million. This right here is just one user that lost four and a half mil. This type of scam, according to Rect, known as pig butchering, involves continued contact with the victim, often over long periods, what some of you might also know as a long con, right? Uh, leverage via blackmail, romance, trust building, you know, all in order to convince the mark to transfer funds, obviously in the classic scam model, dressed up as a lucrative investment opportunity. So yes, this particular user fell for a scam that was looking to, hey, you know, send me your info and we are going to give you mining rewards if you deposit X number of tokens into our system. They're going to set up a fake website that's going yeah. to show you all this, you know, all this other crap and essentially, hey, you know, send us this token and send me the whatever code it is that's going to do the approval. And then they got you now, you know, <laughs> now they got that. And they can just start pulling from your wallet whenever. So that one was, I believe Molly White on Web3 is going great, who appears uh, sometime this week on other guests of the program, Ed Zitron's podcast, 15 Minutes in Hell, which if you have not heard yet, fantastic show. Uh, definitely lives up to its name versus our show. <laughs> he actually only does 15 minutes. Oh, I see like the little counter here in the core. I guess that's how many... How yeah, much money that's been lost uh, sixty-seven point <laughs> eight three nine billion billion with a B. Yes, that is uh, that's the running tally right now. That the coin in question was a stable coin linked to the troubled Tether network. Yeah, one one researcher has estimated three hundred and fifty million in Tether have been stolen since September twenty twenty one in scams like these. Hey, yeah, uh, it's almost like you can't ask a guy to mine for you without getting hosed, you know? Jeez. Where's the trust? Where's the love? Come yeah. on. You see a lot of really dumb behavior in crypto, and even people that are pretty good with their OPSEC will fall for a really dumb scam from time to time. Is that and just like hopium? Are they just, you know, are they huffing I think, it? I think some people just, they, they slip up one time. Yeah. And that's all it takes, I guess. That's really yeah. all it takes. I, and I think some people are just fucking born suckers, but some folks, I think, <laughs> sure. the one time they're not paying attention, like, you know, like on a cell phone mm -hmm. trading or something, or not paying attention at the URL that they're on, it's a, it's a mirror site and it's not the real thing, all this stuff. But yeah, mining is always going to be risky. In the early days of BSC, Binance Smart Chain, probably like the first the biggest scam in early 2021 was like farms and like mining things like that. I think at one point in time there was like another, like it was like food farms. It was farming. So it'd be like ramen swap and then it would be like ice cream swap and shit like that. These things, the whole, the whole entire thing was that you would buy some tokens when the farm launched and hope it one X or two X and you would sell before they pulled liquidity. Yeah. Bad. Bunch of dead websites out there somewhere <laughs> that has like one person like trying to mine off of like, I don't know, 500 bucks liquidity or some shit. Jesus. Um, yeah. Like 
it's it's a That's fucking dire. Yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> there is a project on BSC called Ape Swap. Okay. And Ape Swap is probably like one of maybe ten, and I'm saying this with heavy air quotes, legit projects on BSC. Okay. Like they have kept going. They have been sustainable. I'm not saying like go buy fucking banana on Ape Swap or anything. But they're, they're, they're still around, and no one's pissed at them, which is kind of like a, a thing in crypto. Is like No one's ever really angry at a project or, or devs or anything. Like, huh, either they're really good at covering their tracks, or like maybe they're like just some fucking like math autist that just wanted to do like a financial experiment and see it to its end. I know a lot of people don't set out to defraud anyone, at least... My uh, Pollyanna uh, wanting to think the best of people, I would assume that, that no one sets out with the intent to fuck people over on this on this kind of. I mean, even just if one user gets hit for four and a half million, you know. Yeah. I don't think that anyone sets out to do that. I could, obviously, I could be wrong, and I probably am. I just. I feel like there's just like a bunch of guys in the Philippines like just chain smoking and like. Yeah. Brute forcing through shit. If I had to take a wild guess. I mean, that makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, there's really not a lot of opportunities. And it's just kind of like, well, this is how we make money. Yeah. yeah. It's an unfortunate reality. But I guess, fair point. I, I was just thinking about, you know, some of these maybe wide-eyed, hopeful people who are, like, getting into the space and thinking it's going to be the future of whatever. Like, I do think there are people that get into crypto on the dev side that I think very sincerely are interested in finance and mm-hmm. and seeing what is is possible yeah you know through new avenues of of interaction and and uh commerce or whatever i think some people really are in it for the tech for probably every person like that there's probably 10 20 people that are just in it to make as much money as possible and they don't care care about what human suffering or scorched earth they leave um yeah in, in their wake so anyways you want to think that it's not that way, I guess, but well, yeah. I I feel like a lot of what's going on in the internet right now. Maybe this is part of why we do this podcast is that you know we can go look at Rotten dot com or Style Project or Goatsee, right? And wow, isn't that transgressive or whatever? But it all kind of pales in comparison to like you know facebook and a cambridge <laughs> analyst. you know what i mean like it's like yeah. funny that the, the whatever like a, a foe of a prolapse with a firecracker going off in it is less offensive than like what facebook has done to like our parents and grandparents brains yeah i mean yeah, I, like, <laughs> I didn't even yeah 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 you know um it, it's it, it's quaint the the human, <laughs> the human wreckage was so much so much smaller and, and more so that kind of brings us to our main topic tonight, which is a website that is still around, as far as I believe, uh, called T-Shirt Hell. Brian, T-Shirt Hell. T-Shirt Hell, the, the shirt of every kid that got sent home early in the early <laughs> uh, from school in the early aughts. I remember a couple of friends having T-Shirt Hell shirts in high school, but more specifically, I remember a kid in my graduating class named Max who wore the... I think probably one of the most infamous T-shirt hell shirts, which is a, a blue shirt that on the front says, there's a picture of two people fucking on the back of my shirt. 
And then when you look at the back of the shirt, it's a drawing of Jesus Christ pointing and laughing at you. And it says, ha, 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 just kidding, believe in Christ. <laughs> well, that's the like the least offensive one I, I, I think, think that I can... At the time, I think that was probably the most <laughs> offensive. And he wore that to our uh, graduation rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirt hell got its start 2001. So it's been around a while. Uh, and it's run by, and I kid you not, this gentleman's name is Sunshine Megatron. Well, he legally changed. His he name. legally changed his name to Sunshine Sunshine Megatron. Uh, Wired, of course, did a, a profile on him <laughs> <laughs> called "Catching Up with the Other Megatron." A man once named Aaron Schwartz sits wondering will he be slapped with some kind of lawsuit. In November, he legally changed his name. The founder of the off-color fashion site T-Shirt Hell writes Stephen Leckert in Wired held a publicity stunt $25,000 contest to crowdsource his renaming. People suggested names and voted on their favorites, which included Tetris Crowley and Cray Z Fantastic. But the wisdom of the crowd determined he would have to file for the hilariously unfortunate Transformers-inspired name change. And as he later told the Chicago Sun-Times, Sunshine Megatron really encompasses who I want to become, a strategic leader who calls the shots from afar, a villainous tactical battlefield commander but with a sunny disposition. The <laughs> Wired asks him, how have things changed? Megatron, it's hard to maintain my assholeness with a name like Sunshine. <laughs> I mean, I certainly try to be as impatient and as demanding and as much of a jerk as I'm normally used to being. It's just hard when the other person on the end of the other end has to say my name out loud for some reason, or when I have to sign an angry email, Sunshine. So basically, I'm softening up. <laughs> I was joking around with friends recently that I was going to need to have another naming contest where the makers of the Transformers movies decide to sue me. New suggestions from friends included Goober Von Fancy Pants. Of course, I could just change one letter in my last name and become Sunshine Metatron. Metatron, of course, being the voice of God in, in the Christian mythology or whatnot. Uh, any particular reason you didn't get a middle name? My name was crazy enough. I could have been Sunshine Kevin Megatron to make things sort of awkward. No Transformers uh, shirts on the site. What gives? We don't have any. Perhaps after the movie launches, we will do a couple of, and then there's an ellipsis, fairly offensive ones. So what's on the horizon? Megatron, I'm launching my next big company, July 24th. I cannot give away the theme. Let's say it's different. It's called torsopants.com. Let's see if this still exists, torsopants.com. It's oh. a redirect to T-Shirt Hell. <laughs> oh, boy. T-Shirt Hell, of course, these days now has a wonderful shirt that just says flaming heterosexual. Alien uh, versus Predator, mm -hmm. which has what looks like a Hispanic person fighting a Catholic bishop. Yep. The sense of humor is very bizarre. They all have a series of shirts where it's band name and then a, a photo of a different band. Here's one. It's a photo of Kiss, and then underneath it says Led Zeppelin. There's one with Alice from the Bray Bunch <laughs> and some S&M gear. It says Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jeffersons on a, a drawing of a rocket. Jefferson's... Starship, a series of ones that about uh, Mumford and Son, which is the, the, the guys from Proud Sanford member of the trains community. Words on a shirt, stylized as, as the snakes on a plane a bit. Of course, Star Wars imagery over that says Star Trek. I mean, these are very, very tame 
if you really want to get the weird stuff, there was a section of the site called Worse Than Hell. Nothing runs like a queer. Uh, it is a silhouette of an effeminate man being chased by hillbillies. Meant to evoke the uh, John Deere logo. Yeah, some of these were really, I remember some of these felt really edgy. I feel like the spiritual successor to T-Shirt Hell is the T-Shirt store that Kathor Jensen has. Yeah. The school shooting tour. Mm-hmm. I remember this. I remember this one came out. This yeah. one stopped at 2005. They don't have an updated version. Uh, yeah, of it, it would, the text would have to be very tiny if they were <laughs> the, the keep it relevant. If Asians were so smart, how'd they wind up with tiny dicks? I had a, a better shirt, but a black guy stole it. What about all the good things Hitler did? I remember that one being, unfortunately, very popular among some people I knew. Yeah. Abortions tickle. Yeah. I play New York. Yeah. Boy, yeah, 20 years ago, this, this stuff would probably have been it real killed. Fucking, fucking oh, yeah. Real fucking knee slappers. Oh, yeah. Jesus did it for the chicks. In the, um, the vein of the school shooting store, of course, it was the postal shootings tour shirt as well. You don't hear about guys going postal anymore. No. Yeah, I wonder what happened to that. I wonder what changed. Did they uh, was there some collective bargaining? Yeah, Listen, you if you guys wonder. don't yeah. show up the the post offices, uh, you can wear the shorts all year. Mm. I think I could. Yeah, I, I can see how that would be. I think there here, here's a wonderful one for all the Star Wars fans. May the horse be with you. And there's a silhouette of a woman about to be penetrated by a horse. Yeah, this this shit was really boy. This shit was edgy. Yeah, this all looks like stuff you would see like sold at like a mall kiosk. <laughs> next to like a, a shirt that has like rick and morty like uh dabbing yeah if you have a whistle now is the time right. well this is the bowels of t-shirt hell which is their their new version of worse than hell if i'm not on a watch list someone isn't doing their job oh they did update the gone postal tour although they're 2006, 2006 yeah bush Love him or hate him, he killed a ton of Arabs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hope they don't put tariffs on my Asian hooker. Marriages don't fail. Wives fail. Oof. Lots of like Trump things that shirts to say, like, I bet you'll vote next time, hippie. Yeah. Democrats want to kill your baby. Republicans just want to fuck it. Oh, boy. Don't neglect the balls. Mm-hmm. I surfed the tsunami. Uh, Ooh. That was topical. Homosexuals though. are gay. Man, yeah, that's an old school one. Homosexuals are gay is almost like quaint at this point. I may have Alzheimer's, but at least I don't have Alzheimer's. All I need is coffee and a miscarriage. Ah, the classic, I fucked the girl in Hanson. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's very bizarre. The fact that this shirt, this T-shirt website has been running for 20 years with like this level of like, that's the joke, folks, uh, on it is just odd. Yeah, again, I feel like Kathor Jensen. Yeah, they definitely got him beat. Rob Schrab, too. I have the shirt that says forklift certification is a uh, culture, not a costume. <laughs> and see, that's funny. The one that I, I wish I were going bald because he has one that says uh, it's not a bald spot. It's a solar panel for a diarrhea machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's fucking funny. The people who don't know Kathor Jensen, old school internet guy, he does a, a like red bubble or something. Yeah. Shirt. There you go. T-bubble. Yeah. Probably his most famous one is the Doom font, but it says come. <laughs> <laughs> really great one here. I... I should have broke the jabroni Hulk Hogan fucking leg when I had the chance. Was that an Ultimate Warrior quote? Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's the Iron Sheik. Oh, let's see. He's got, uh, I survived the global pandemic and all I got was everything getting infinitely worse forever. Landed the pee-pee because of the poo-poo. Uh, old bitch. <laughs> 
What's it supposed to? I think was it Old, old Bay or, or Old Dutch? Dutch? I can't remember if it's Rat old... Casino, which is the uh, Chuck E. Cheese logo. Short dick, long balls. <laughs> FBR, female, female body, body respecter. Respecter. That's right. Pissing and shitting and coming and dying. <laughs> this isn't a ball spot. It's a solar panel for a diarrhea machine. Abolish football. A Taylor Swift shirt in the style of Danzig. That's great. Yeah. It just says Taylor. Yeah, know. I've got STDs. Too much stuff to do, so don't have sex <laughs> with me. <laughs> and of course, the uh, death metal wife guy. That feels more real to me than what these t-shirt hell guys are doing. I think uh, they've kind of reached the end of their usefulness. Yeah, I still think the uh, there's a picture of two people fucking on the back of my shirt. I think that yeah. was kind of the epoch. And don't forget that they once sold a shirt that said, fuck my family, I'm moving in with the Osbournes. Yes. Which then the Osbournes started selling a shirt with the exact same phrase, a hot topic. Yes. And uh, there was a, a lawsuit, t-shirt hell. Uh, raised against them yeah uh, for about 15 million dollars and i believe it was sold out of court but i remember yes. being at a hot topic and seeing that shirt and being like oh they ripped off t-shirt hell what the fuck and then i don't know i probably like me out with some girl with like a wallet chain so according to sunshine megatron uh, previously known as aaron schwartz the t-shirt that reads fuck my family i'm moving in with the osborns began selling online in march soon after Ozzy's record label purchased $500 worth of the shirts from their website. The suit then claims that after the sale, the Osbournes began selling the shirt with the exact same slogan. They released two versions of the shirt, censored version, which has the the cartoon, uh, you know, my family, I'm moving in with the Osborne family, and then an uncensored version with the same. Not two months after that, T-shirthell.com filed suit. Their lawyer declined to comment, but said he would ask a federal judge to stop the Osbournes from selling their shirt and seek $15 million in damages. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they settled, but I still don't know how much they settled for, but I'm assuming... Probably a good amount of money. Probably a good amount of money. In 2005, they had to remove the worse than hell section. Uh, He stopped selling these shirts due to him possibly being poisoned. (laughs) But yes, uh, I don't believe Sunshine Megatron's involved with the site anymore. The new owner is a Mike Larson. I think you're just gonna have to let that one go. But imagine, imagine like I made such Ed Lord T-shirts. Yeah, someone poisoned me. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, after that, somebody wearing a T-shirt hell shirt was thrown off a Southwest Airlines flight because of what the shirt said. I don't even remember which one it was. It might have been I play in New York. Uh, <laughs> and so they started and this is again another article that will not pull up because it's so old uh, they started offering an alternate transportation free of charge in case of such incidents if you get thrown off a plane for your t-shirt health site they're going to help you get where you're going what a mensch uh, <laughs> can I tell you my, my t-shirt please story? yes, uh, yes traveling yes. so I was traveling gosh this would have been about over 10 years ago I was traveling to Florida the photograph of wedding at that time i had a lot of shirts that were just like old vintage shirts oh and yeah random shit that people gave me and one of them was a shirt that jimmy vavak um from real steel fame and a couple other bands he had a bunch of old shirts from when he was a skinnier man he gave them to like me and ryan at the firebird mm-hmm. one of the shirts was like a nypd shirt that officers would wear probably when they were like training or like working out it'd be like something you like wear at the gym okay 
And so it was a simple blue shirt and it had like the very simple NYPD logo with like the two bears on it and all that. Oh, yeah. I just I took it because I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I like would wear it every once in a while just because I was, you know, that you could be edgy like that back in 2012. Yeah. And I just wasn't thinking. And I just like clean shirt. I'm running late yeah. for, for this flight. Didn't realize until after people were like saying like, you know, thank you for your service and all that. <laughs> no, and like, no. hey, you know, people are like <laughs> pushing me through and like uh, giving me preferential treatment. Oh, no. And I'm like, there's no way, no way I could have been a cop. No. Like I didn't, I, you knew how, you knew what I looked like yeah. 10, 10 years ago. I didn't look like, I had like a, I guess I had like a weird undercut. I had like the Macklemore haircut a little bit, but like. Mm. There's no way. Like it was like, <laughs> man, people at the airport really are that dumb. <laughs> no wonder why 9/11 happened. Oh, 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 but yeah, like people were just like waving me. Oh, you can come through, sir. You know, hey, you know, don't worry about the scan. And I'm like, uh, am I like uh, getting murdered in a second? What's yeah. going on? And I like I realized at one point, like I think I was like eating something. I got like a crumb on my shirt. I looked. And I'm like, oh. Oh, wow. You know, maybe living a life where you're hungover pretty much every other day like has its consequences when you're not really aware of what you're doing half the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah. huh, maybe I should reflect on some stuff. And I was like, no. Nah, I'm not doing that. No. And then I ate some Chinese food at my lay- layover at the uh, Atlanta airport. And I forgot about this part. The flight from Atlanta to Florida, I was in the middle row seat. Oh, no. Between two women that were morbidly obese. Okay. I had no space. I had, I had, uh, my stomach was doing somersaults and backflips. Yeah. And I could, I just had to keep my body like I was being smuggled over (laughs) state lines or something. Like I was being smuggled in Eastern Europe to go work at a disco that only serves now alcoholic drinks. Oh boy. Just some terrible life was waiting for me at the end of it. And it, it technically was, I was, was touching down for the, um, <laughs> and God damn. yeah. And then the guy whose wedding I was photographing, I was like, okay, I touched down. He's like, yeah, just take a taxi. It's not that far. And then proceeded to get into a fight with the taxi driver oh, over the price. Cause he's like, I've had three people come here from the same airport and these different prices you know, I, you know, why is it twenty? Why is he twenty dollars more than my mom, who just came in with my my parents? And the whole entire time, I'm thinking, like, my dude, like, my stuff's still in this car. Yeah, like, you let me get my shit out of the taxi first before you right. like piss this guy off too much. Oh Jesus! Ah, oh, jeez, yeah, it was bad. It was ah, jeez, oh, Rick. Geez. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, this, this marriage isn't gonna last very long, is it, Rick? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, and did you see that the uh, the Rick and Morty trailer? Had, yeah, the, the I, I don't the sound alikes they're, they're fine. okay. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not much better than what I'm doing. The joke was made several different times in several different places, but like every white guy over a certain age has the voice down pat after this uh, you know, length of time, and it's like, well, yeah, it could have been anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was one of the things when I saw where my seat was, me and these women made eye contact. It was like, <laughs> and you knew it was like, ah, oh, I was like, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if they knew each other and they specifically got a seat apart because of the space they took up. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, it was just one of those things like, this is terrible. No one, like all three of everyone's unhappy. Yeah. All three yeah. of us are unhappy. Here. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one's like, this is great. Yeah. Like no one, they, no, nobody, they, everyone was like, everyone's more. I was mortified. They were yeah. mortified. I'm like, this sucks. All right, man, you ready for some gross photos? I'm ready for some gross photos, Brian. It's, of course, shock.jpg time. And now, 
The moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. This one's called One Guy 15 Kilo. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, let me. Is, is this beer mine? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah. You hesitated like I was. I I didn't. I, I had to be like, what? What? Listen, I have been meditating under the Bowie tree for 15 <laughs> years. What is beer? What is the nature I'm, of I'm, beer? I've been meditating. I've been meditating at the frat hall <laughs> for 13 years under 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 a fucking uh, Keystone Light decorative wall clock. Yeah, and I have emerged. Yeah. I have emerged as uh, enlightened. I I just ask. The first guy wearing a shirt with three Greek letters on it, like, is this my beer? <laughs> what is the nature of beer? What is the nature of beer? At one point, does a slam piece not become a slam piece? Mm. 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 What, is, what is the sound of one slam piece? <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Oh, God, we're terrible. Oh, I'm spilling beer all over myself. See? This is not alcoholic uh, beer. What's going that's on? That's what you get. Guys, uh, <laughs> I'm like fucking Barty Gump. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Where was I going with this? I had a point. God, what, what, I, guyless 15 kilos with his balls. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's at uh, superzoy.com hosting this. And it is uh, exactly what it looks like. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, he has a propane tank attached propane to his testicles. To his nuts. He's, and, he's, and then he's he jacks himself it. Primed up. Yeah, and then propane tank and he hitting his dick. Yeah. So he has he's got a, a towel for some reason. I'm wincing involuntarily, like I'm physically and, and in now pain. He's playing with his his pecker. Yeah, propane tank, and it looks like a two two liters of soda for some reason. Yeah, and this is this has to be in Europe because that's how liters yeah, that's, look like in yeah. Europe. And he's just God damn twice yeah, he does impressive. this in the span of thirty nine seconds. He lifts the entire propane tank. I'm assuming full. It has oh, yeah. To, yeah uh, it, with, with just the strength of his testicles alone. Yeah, at least he wasn't smoking. That's <laughs> real dangerous. God, yeah, it's not one thing, it's another. You know, no uh, open flames. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, taking, he's taking it back to Walgreens, and they're like, why does this rhino cancer smell like nuts? <laughs> A ball sweat smell. So this was a guy who was an Austrian. Let me tell you so much weight I can hang off of me balls. My name is Gunther Wurschlag, and I live in a small village in the Alps of Austria. This Where is I my- punish my little puny dick and nuts. <laughs> I sometimes would take a matchstick and break it off in my urethra. <laughs> yeah. And piss it out. And sometimes it takes a day. Sometimes it takes a month. Either way, I have a lot of fun. Well, what's interesting is that, that there's no um, there's no sound. Mm-hmm. You would expect uh, anything, you know, fucking uh, corn, MGMT. Yes, <laughs> fucking uh, all the other kids with the pumped up dick. Uh, you know, like whatever the fucking song is. Nothing. Eerie silence as a man lifts a, a propane tank with his testicles. <laughs> it's just it was very off putting. I could not place why. Because it's just like, oh, this is one of those like feats of strength videos. I think it was the jacking it. I think it was the, the fact that he's trying it, to get like he's, hard. He's doing, he's doing the hand pump jack. Yeah, yeah. It, which is what you do when you really like have become lazy. When you're like, when you're like doing like the stress, like the stress ball thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. There's no, there's no joy there. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> a man. He, he has seen all that life has to offer, 
and his disgust at him, so his only choice is to nut. Yeah. But also let the pro t- pain tank with his nuts. I don't see the value sexually with that. Again, that's probably just because I'm super boring. It doesn't feel like that would a feel good or b like be good at all in any respect. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really hung anything from my nuts. <laughs> Can't say that I have either. I mean, I haven't had a lot done. The occasional with my nuts. towel, but you know that that's just a for towel. convenient. Yeah, when you put it between the and never mind. Well, it is that time of the show, the show that the wives and the girlfriends love. Of course, it is the breath mint time. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. Brian, what have you been up to this week? Friday, I took my girlfriend to go see um, The Use, which is like her favorite. Oh, my band. goodness. I have and not heard about them in a long time. They're still going. I mean, like they drew pretty well at St. Louis Music Park. I don't know if they drew enough for Live Nation or whatever, too. Yeah, well. probably not. Yeah, and it, it seems like they should have gone for a smaller venue for that show, but, you know. Um, I would say for the two openers, it was pretty barren. It was pretty like, oh, yeah. this is looking a little rough. Well, people who are fans of the used are now my age, so. There were a lot of young people. And there was really? like a lot of people also who were, like, closer to our age, but also, like, broke out, like, their old, like, emo threads and stuff. Oh. and. That's just the thing I know. It's just like, oh, there's some really cool outfits here. And, like, we got seats because I'm too old for fucking standing room for Same. a show like that. Yeah. The opening band, who I cannot remember their name, their singer had some of the worst banter. Oh, no. I had ever suffered through. He would say things like, what's my band's fucking name? Must uh, not have been that good if you can't remember it. <laughs> and, uh, and he would, like, tell these, like, like dumb little stories. I remember they had, like, some guy on stage, like, filming them and being like, yeah, and this guy filmed this music video, and uh, you're, you're a legend, bro. Like, just, like, they did. <laughs> My girlfriend went to go use the restroom near the end of their set, and he said something that was so cringeworthy. I hoped that she was able to hear it. And I believe when she came back to the seat, and their set was over. She was like, so he said that, right? And I go, yeah. And what he said was, yeah, Missouri, you fuck. You got dispensaries. Are they a Utah band like the used are? I don't know what their fucking deal is. I don't care to know. I just know that there's, I'm like, oh, cool. It's another like screamo, like emo band. Yeah. Where the worst part about the band is by a country mile the front man yeah there's a lot of them like well these guys are like really talented musicians and uh you know the drummers the drummer that band's drummer was actually really tight everyone else in the band like actually kind of had their shit together even if i didn't like the music they were playing right but like this oh dude he is blowing y'all fucking scene up he is, yeah he's, he's fucking ruining it for y'all and then sleeping with sirens is just peak ball core yeah i remember them gosh man it was rough it yeah. was really rough it was super fucking rough i almost wonder if Sleeping with Sirens was on the tour just to make the use look that much better. <laughs> Entirely possible. And like Burbank Kraken, he's, he's he's sobered up and he's like he's he had some hard living and he kinda walks around like Ozzy Osbourne on yeah. stage. It's a little weird being like this guy's like like two years older than me. He can't hit some of the stuff like he used to, and that's fine. Generally like a very tight set. My girlfriend had a fucking blast. That was which was the most important part. Yes, she absolutely. had a good time. She had a great time. 
I enjoyed it as much as I could. And I, <laughs> I was like, well, these guys are entertaining. Like they have really great lights. They put on a good performance. The only thing was that sometimes Bert's voice would like kind of give out in certain registers. I'm like, mm, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But dudes had a hard life. He's still with us. And the crowd at that point was really in the palm of their hand. So it was a good time. And then the next night I went and photographed Donovan Woods over at the factory with Gaslight Anthem and Catbite. And oh. I was really surprised with Catbite. Jason, if you can, uh, all the music we talk about, I think probably ska music is the one that I'm, I'm the quickest to be like, man, fuck that shit. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not because I hate ska music. I hate most modern ska music. Yeah. There is a lot of the history of ska music when you take it from like the influences from reggae to tone all the different subgenres, all the different eras of ska yeah i mean i could i could put on a specials record and you'd probably vibe to that oh yeah know, there's like, there's yeah. A, i mean there's there was a ska show on khx oh yeah ska's the limit where that guy would break it down and be like okay so there's there was a ska revival movement in the early 90s that was all about using like the studio equipment that the original ska musicians were using in the 70s and being about the ethos and all that. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. I listened to it and like, oh, this is fantastic. And this wasn't like like fucking Warp Tour shit. Wow, people yeah. were making really cool ska music. Yeah. And I think ska punk, the real big fish yeah. sound is fucking terrible. I can't fucking stand it. How do you feel about Less Than Jake? Less Than Jake's fine. Okay. Chris Demacus is a, is a yeah. nice guy. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Obviously, like Jeff Rosenstock has like ska, and ska punk influences a lot of his music. But I was just really impressed with Catbite in that they sounded really fresh, but I could see that they had some really deep and sincere influences. And like the stuff that wasn't like the fucking mozzarella stick, like real big fish. (laughs) And they had a really great presence. I got some really great fucking photos. So I was really happy with that. They follow me now on Instagram, which is wild to think about. Sick. (laughs) But they just seem like lovely people. They put on a lovely show. I, I heard good buzz about them for a while. And I like, before the show, like sometime last week, I like put on one of their records while I was working. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this. And then, mm-hmm. but sometimes you got to like see it performed in front of you and you're like, oh shit, yeah. this is, this is tight. And then Donovan Woods is kind of like a very different speed than that. You know, it's just a, a guy from Canada doing the singer songwriter thing. And, and his set was really lovely. Photographing a singer songwriter situation is usually incredibly tough, but he spoke a lot between his songs. He's a very funny guy, even though a lot of his songs are very like somber and kind of dr- dark-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it would would have this song that kind of hits you like a gut punch and preface it about like had a lot of girlfriends that are now lesbians and married to women, and making an offhand comment that like, well, maybe they just after had they had the peak of masculinity, they're like uh. no more men and like you know the, you know some, that kind of humor. And I, I really appreciate it and. That was fun. And Gaslight Anthem, like Donovan Woods, if you get a chance to see him, like I would, I would recommend. I mean, same thing with Cat Bite. Like, just something really kind of unique and special going on there that you just don't see every day, at least not in the Midwest. And, no, for uh, sure. Yeah, I, I've listened to them for a while. Uh, I always thought of them as like, oh, yeah, they're really, they're doing a Springsteen deal, but doing their own thing too. Kind of thing. Gaslight. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm not from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I. That's okay. I, I feel to. like they're a very good live band. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. listening to them on record, they're it's not my favorite thing, but I, I don't want that to sound like a back at compliment because there's one time I've ever seen them live or I've ever photographed them. I have a fucking blast. Like they're a very good live band. They're very tight. They're very good musicians. 
I think that's actually a very good compliment to give a band is that like, yeah, I really don't like their records, but if I get the chance to see them live, like, oh, I have, they're great. Like that they can take music that when you're listening to on your own terms, it doesn't really do it for you. But if you see it performed live in front of you, you're like, oh shit, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. I think that's a high compliment to pay. Oh, for sure. I had a lot of fun with their performance. So we finished the Saw movies. Okay. So All we right. Did, we did Jigsaw. Okay. Which I yeah. liked parts of. Yeah. It felt like they were really grasping at straws in some <laughs> respects. Yeah. They, they had to shoehorn Kramer in there somehow. And, they... and me and my girlfriend have been pretty good at following like the fucking timeline jumps and stuff. And she was confused at the end. Really? Like, why was John Kramer there? And I was like, they explained the whole reveal to us, but they did it in such a fast way. Yeah. In such a shitty way. That you're like, huh, what? Yeah. And I think they did that more so in the other movie. I liked the characters that they had in the game. I didn't mm-hmm. like the setup where I thought the first couple minutes of that movie was like, oh, there's like a jigsaw movie and there's a movie within a movie. Ah, uh, yeah. It felt so tropey. Yeah, it felt very much like uh, this is something that they would do to make fun of themselves a little bit before you get into, no, actually, this is what's happening. Yeah. And I, I was like, I, what the fuck? <laughs> um, like, I mean, it was straight out of speed. The guy had like a a, a handheld device, and he's like, "I'm gonna do a thing," and then yeah, right. It's, it's just so we didn't really enjoy that one too much. I there was parts of it I liked. <clears throat> I yeah. think it was one of the better shot. I think the cinematography was a yeah. little bit nicer. I think yeah. they had uh, a better vision for that. But uh, boy, spiral. We yeah, spiral. That last night. <laughs> Woo. Chris Rock is trying. He's trying. He's trying so hard. Like his first 30 lines are incredibly misogynistic. Yeah. And they're kind of funny because you're like, oh, he was doing, he had to be doing his own punch out. But yeah, my yeah. favorite line is they're in the subway. He goes, then I found out Pilates wasn't even real. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 oh, that's right. Because, yeah, there's a running bit about the Pilates instructor. His wife left him for or some shit. Some <laughs> shit like that. I mean, uh, it's, boy. but Chris Rock also, unfortunately, has had so much work done. That he can't really emote like he's supposed to. He just kind of looks like he has to wipe his ass. <laughs> like he like he had to take a quick shit. He thought he got the, in between he, takes every time. He, had to take a he shit. but just, he just has this look on his face where it's like he thought he got he was good. Yeah, but he got like ninety five percent, and that five percent is just itching him. Is itching him. Yeah, it's just a very odd movie. There's no jigsaw. No, and there's a copycat. That sounds like, I would like to play a game. <laughs> and, and you want to like this movie because all the people getting murdered are cops. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Jigsaw Copycat really did say a cab, but... Uh, yeah, and... And, <laughs> and um, there's some interesting moments, but boy, yeah, what the fuck was going on with that? Well, and I think there's a reason why they kept trying to distance themselves from the main Saw franchise by calling it from the book of Saw in the subtitle. Yeah. But even so, like, it's a fucking Saw movie. Like, there's no, there's no denying it. It's just this. It's very odd. It felt like they had a Saw movie in the works, and then like this makes this has nothing to do with anything. We got to change the title. 
you know, yeah. it's just, it, it, it felt like a lot of things were like tacked on or rushed or weirdly hurried about it. Like just, it, and there was some, it, there was uh, some procedural elements that worked really well. I think yeah. some of them you saw yeah, coming yeah. a mile away, but they, they worked well enough and they made sense. Right. Like there was some sort of logic being followed, even if it didn't always work as far as like making a good movie. One thing that I picked up and something I believe I, I remember reading like on social media quite a bit when the movie came out um, was like, wow, this feels like a very bad version of seven. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got like you, that vibe. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the jigsaw motif copycat or otherwise is, you know, oh, you were you were always touching all of the straws. And the straw dispenser <laughs> at the fast food place. Now you're gonna. Now touch you him. must uh, take the straw and and um, your wreath. I don't know, like jam it in your your urethra. Yeah, yeah, no, you yeah. Gotta take yeah. the straw of your urethra. Are you uh, live or die? Is, is your choice or you whatever? Must sound yourself or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm really just grasping at straws. That's okay. Yeah. So were the producers of the Saw movies because that's why they had to bring fucking Jim Cramer back for Saw Ten. It's coming out this. Uh, yeah, this week, I, so. I read like a little piece about that where uh, one of the producers was like, I guess was being asked about continuity issues. He's like, Yeah, well, you know what? Like, it's kind of on us for killing the lead in the third movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could have had it all there, Chief, and uh, just let him live forever. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, boy, that was rough. There was yeah. things I liked about it. It moved better. Didn't feel so chunky. But yeah. boy, what what unsatisfying ending. Yeah. Because like the guy just like leaves. Yeah. He's just like, I'm out. And then Chris Rock is like, oh, I killed my dad, who was Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, God, oh, yeah. policing is so awful. And it's like, yeah. Could have told you that. Ten minutes into this movie, we could have yeah. gone out and got tacos, man. What the fuck? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> we could have got, got some enchiladas. Something. I, against my better judgment, have uh, started playing Dark Souls 3 again. Why? Why? I picked up the remastered and all the DLC versions uh, on the PlayStation, and I wanted to play through them all again this year, so I would not have to do it again. <laughs> you're going to get this out of your system. You're going to do what, you know, you're going to play them all, and you're going to be done. And we are in September, and I'm most of the way through Dark Souls 3, so I'm, you know, I'm on track. I just have to get through the DLCs, which are much like the Dark Souls 2 DLC, stupid difficult, and I'm probably not even going to bother. Is it Dark Souls 2 or 3 that has a DLC where, like, you're in the snow? 3 has a snow one. I'm pretty sure 2 has a snow one, too, though. Okay. I think they all have like this this weird like hey uh, remember snow levels well here's a whole uh, here, they're all really bad yeah uh, <laughs> so I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna do that I just got to the last boss today so I might just beat the last boss and just call it done there um, you go. I think the only optional boss that I have not uh, beat was the uh, Nameless King in uh, Arch Dragon Peaks. Which is fine because it's two bosses. You got to beat the dragon, and then you got to beat the guy with half your health potions already gone. And it's like, well, you know what? I don't, I don't need this in my life. Mechanically, it's a much better experience than, say, a, a Dark Souls two. I will say there are a lot of things about Dark Souls two that I like. Uh, power stancing with certain weapons works really well. There's a lot of stuff about, oh, you got to level up ADP. It's like that's fine. Levels are a lot easier to get in the earlier game. I feel like. In Dark Souls 3, they really came back to some of the circular level designs where you have to keep coming back to the same bonfire 
and you're going out in these big concentric circles getting a little bit further each time and it's but they do it so much that it gets kind of old like by the second time it happens it's near the end of the game and you're like I'm I please just <laughs> give please, me a sir. fucking please I'm sir done here please come on my main thing and this is the thing that I don't like about certain sections in certain dark souls games is this the if you run into more than one enemy you will get trapped in a corner and you'll just die because there's just there's too many to deal with sure you can't you know like and so I took to soul farming, which is something I don't like to do, but uh, kind of had to do it in order to like survive. That feels bad. When you have to farm to get through a game, it feels uh, bad. It yeah. feels not, not great. My least favorite part of any Final Fantasy game. Yeah, grinding. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, um, like the Final Fantasy VII remake and um, Final Fantasy XV, you really didn't have to do that too much. But, yes. Jeez, I remember playing like, all the Super Nintendo Final Fantasies, Final Fantasy yeah. Seven. There's a couple spots if you don't spec right or have the right materia leveled up a certain way. Like, yeah, you got to grind a little bit. Final Fantasy Eight actually rewarded you for grinding in a lot of interesting ways, though, with the draw thing, where you could draw. Yeah. I, I I thought that was an interesting way to approach it, and that was probably the the, the most enjoyable grind of any of the Final Fantasies was Eight for me. Yeah, um, just because by doing so, you could really. Uh, break the game i heard many stories of people just absolutely breaking the fucking game and that's just the preferred way to play it for a lot of folks i mean at a certain point i want to get that one hit kill and get back to doing whatever it is i was on my way to doing when i got interrupted by a random encounter and then the other thing that i had you mentioned it in a previous episode i finally got i finally finished how to with john wilson love it really felt like he had more to say but he knew the, the end was near and kind of went out with a nice finale and then I picked up, of course, Righteous Gemstones Season 3. Yeah, I really liked Season 3. I think Season 2 just didn't hit like how I wanted it to. I think they they regained a lot of stuff in Season 3. I also wonder if this is the end of the series. It's starting to feel like it. I mean, I'm towards the end now, and, and we've got you know some, some major plot bits happening. I'm like, yeah, this this feels like this could go... A very clear, this is the end type of way. I know you finished it, so uh, I'm guessing you would know more than I would, but it still does, yeah, it feels like, yeah, this is this is going to be... Yeah, uh, and one thing that kind of bums me out as the series progresses is that they try to find more ways for you to be empathetic towards these characters, which, yeah. is, I, which is what I don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> some of those yeah, they're pieces Southern of shit. Baptists, yeah, yeah, I don't want to feel empathetic towards these characters uh, past right. a certain limit. One of Dan McBride's strengths is kind of picking apart characters as like a, a study almost. Yeah. And what makes them, how they get this way, why are they this way, and why can't they choose, what's keeping them from changing? What's yeah. What's keeping them from being better? And I think, um, I've seen a little bit of Eastbound Down, but I feel like um, Vice Principal. Yeah, that's him and Walton Goggins. Jesus Christ. Fucking cripple him. <laughs> and Walton Goggins baby man he was missing in action for the first couple episodes of the of the season three and by the time he appears he's you know he's doing the like the daytime review at the fucking hotel and, and he's, he's pissed. pissed yeah he's pissed he's like living this luxurious life and he's pissed about it yeah 
Baby Billy Bible Bompers. <laughs> Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. That's Bible right. Bonkers. The- you gotta say it. You just gotta say it right. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Billy's Bible Bumper. <laughs> they give that man the most absurd lines, and he fucking nails each one. I don't know how he does it. Vice Principals was very much the same way. It's him and Danny, Danny McBride bouncing off each other for the majority of the runtime. They give Baby Billy a nice chunk of stuff to do, but it really takes a back seat to the the, the inner interpersonal stuff with with bj and judy and because i think she, that is some of the best bj and judy stuff though yes absolutely uh, bj kind of manning up and and uh, going to punch out his <laughs> his wife's uh, not uh, not sexual cheating partner <laughs> yeah just like this like very like like over over the pants stuff cheating yeah, yeah. like just <laughs> Dry humping and you know, like eh. one of the things that kind of makes shit like that funny to me is that so much about Judy negates the fact that in season one she has this monologue about like her high school, like a college professor or high school teacher, and like basically how she like with her sexual advances towards a man that did not want her sexual advances like ruined his life, like while at like a Chili's or something. <laughs> <It's> really. <laughs> It's a really intense scene, and it, like lets you know this character is a psychopath. Yeah, and then they kind of just walk it back a little bit. I don't know. There's a there's a bit in season three where we see young Judy. It's it's I believe the episode is called Interlude Three. Right, and they do one of these each season where they kind of take you back in time to the the young days of the of the gemstones, and and yeah, this one she's in high school, and, and you know a, a guy she really likes like cuts her hair. So she gets Jesse to like go to school and fuck him up, <laughs> right? Just beat the shove and shave his head, like just yeah. ridiculous. And so it's like, well, she's still a piece of shit. There's no question, right? There. Yeah, like right. <laughs> she steals Jesse's girlfriend's ring and then pretends like, oh, we just found it, right? And, and so and I mean, being mean you know. towards Jesse's girlfriend who then becomes his wife for being poor or applied oh, that God, not yeah. the same social standing as the gemstones and like and Jesse's wife Amber 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 she's a little crazy too but she's also like a fucking ride or die that's what I found so endearing about that character is like boy Jesse's a real piece of shit and but she keeps it all the fucking together and like John Goodman you know Missouri native oh yeah if you know enough old white dudes in St. Louis you'll eventually meet a guy they'll tell you a story about how they used to play softball with John Goodman's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And John Goodman would sometimes show up and just like fucking like kill like a fucking case of beer and then just drive off. Yeah. <laughs> but man, John Goodman, they don't give him a lot to do in the first half. No. But but then when you start getting into, you know, the old family history stuff and all that, he gets to sell it again. Like, okay. Because he was, his uh, performances... In the interlude episodes, and also in basically the majority of season two, has been a high point. His, for that his show. character development in season two is is quite a pleasure to watch. Oh like yeah, just what he gets to do, and those what your cycle ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just I thought that was a I thought it was a cry man. <laughs> no, day that was Jesus. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> it's such an interesting performance, and I I know the show is. Pretty well regarded critically, but I don't think it's going to get that critical mass adopters to really 
be the classic that it deserves to be. And that happens with everything Danny McBride does. You mentioned Eastbound and Down, same thing. Vice Principals, fucking nobody remembers that happened. Nobody remembers it except for like me and like a couple hundred other people. Right. And I think Vice Principals is fucking amazing. Solid it's, gold, top to bottom. I'm sorry, I can't think of a bad episode of that show. I mean, there's... No, it's, uh, it's fucking amazing. It's been a while since we watched it, but that was like a show we fucking... You know, and just, yeah, Gamby fucking cripple him. Full fucking quad. <laughs> you know, all, uh, uh, fucking Walter Groggin's character with his, his Asian wife, uh, oh, his Asian wife, who his, hates his mother-in-law. Him. Yeah. I've mentioned this before, worked with older men yeah. that had like a wife that they met when they were like stationed in Asia mm-hmm. like, in the service that they are a total wife guy for. Like I, yeah. like, I love my wife. She's amazing. And it's not like the fucking creepy, like, well, she's Asian and she's subservient. It's like, no, my wife is a fucking rock. She's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. That f- her fucking mom. Everything yeah. was cool. <laughs> Everything was cool until her mom moved to the United States and now lives with us. And now my life is hell. And yeah. That's why I drink. Yeah. And, and sometimes make too much food for the, the breakfast line <laughs> like, oh, okay that's why that character felt very real you're right because there are those guys and, and they're everywhere i think that's also gamby that character in vice principles like there's these sad angry failed, guys failed that, men yeah these... I, and I, I think uh dan mcbride has gone on in some interviews to say like that's all his work really is is about people who are failures particularly men that they are so cocksure and they are so confident as is almost basically a means as a distraction from their own failings as a person. Yeah, that it's just a it's just a fucking uh, foghorn to to drown out everything else. Well, and I think that's why those things work, and I think that's the strength of the material is that it feels real enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, comedy really only works if you believe it. And so uh, I genuinely believe, you know, whenever I see Danny McBride, uh, that, that he is this... Uh, the shithead. Shithead, yeah. <laughs> this fucking... And I'm sure in real life he's probably a sweetheart or whatever, but, like, every time you see him on screen, you want to boo this man, but you also are laughing at his foibles because that shit's funny. Cannot recommend Righteous Gemstones enough. It's oh, yeah. Quite, quite a good If time. for nothing else than John Goodman... The, Walter Groggins and, and Walton Goggins, baby, yes, Baby Billy, Uncle, ba- Uncle, Uncle Baby Billy, Uncle Baby Billy, <laughs> <laughs> who wants to suck an old man's dick? <laughs> I mean, that scene alone is like fuck, dude. God, Come there's, on, there's so much that I've. It's been a while since I watched season two, but I remember there being some stuff in there that was pretty absurd, just off the wall. And, but that's the thing is like, it's just. Just enough. Just enough. Like, if it, it could have gone way full wacky, which it sometimes does with the Kelvin stuff and a lot of that kind of... Some of the Kelvin stuff's pretty funny. It is, but it also, like, strains the reality of it. Like, oh, this is... We're going a little... Maybe we're going a little too far here. I feel like they kind of... I, I don't like Eric Andre in the second season. Like, it just doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah. No, he's, he's absolutely the wrong casting. I just got to, for that part especially, you you know, you probably, I would have believed maybe a Tim Heidecker, you know, oh, yeah. somebody somebody else who is genuinely funny, but also who is a little bit more subdued, because I think Eric Andre, in his performances, cranks it to 11 and just doesn't stop, and so it didn't, there was like a an unreality 
that creeped in every time he was on screen. So that that yeah. I would I would definitely agree there. That's just probably like, the just, weakest part of season two. Everything else is pretty fucking good. Thankfully, he's not in it as much as nearly as much as the main cast, so you can kind of gloss over that because yeah, for the for the most part, I mean, even I forget the guy's name who plays BJ, but the fuck he between season two and three, he really comes into his own as a character. <laughs> he's he's threw just, a cake at John. Go- <laughs> There's an interview where he's like, I had to throw a cake at John Goodman. Like there's like this existential crisis, like. I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't either. I would. Just, the man's a treasure. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, great show. Uh, hopefully, it's not the end of the show. I, I hope that I don't want it to go on forever. I, no, I think there's definitely a time and a place, and I think maybe I mean three seasons is pretty good for a comedy, especially one as dense as this one. I think sure you could very easily call it a day, and, and, and I think everyone would be happy. I, with I that. would only I really think. want like one or. Two more. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? Sure. Anytime you get a chance to see those performers in the same space is probably going to be. Oh yeah, solid it's a gold. Yeah. And apparently, he's convinced all these all these people that work on the show to like move to North Carolina, which oh, is my where God. it's filmed. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, it's just real pretty out here, and I don't know. I I was expecting. I guess my main disappointment with Righteous Stones is that I I want it to be meaner towards evangelical uh money beggars yeah it is oddly sympathetic in in a way that i wasn't expecting yeah it's that's that's really the only note is like meaner i want more bad (laughs) things to happen to these people not the kids not like not the kids not the kids fair enough yeah that's not their fault but uh, but, uh, but yeah boy righteous gemstones yeah yeah. go watch it go watch fucking vice principles yeah completely underrated oh absolutely yeah, are you ready to wrap it up? <clears throat> I believe I am. Uh, I believe this is the time of the program where we tell everyone where to find us online and otherwise. Brian, you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, if you want to send me death threats online, you can find me at ishockeydbord, I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. Don't ask me to repeat that again. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at that handle on Blue Sky, Twitter, Instagram, all those, all those usual places. If you want to check out my music portfolio, my music photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotographer.com. If you want to see some foes with words, which I'll be updating very soon because I'm photographing uh, Mr. Wives tomorrow night at the pageant. Ooh, fun. That's a music Amusicphotographer.com. Yeah, I'm shooting just for my site this time. Fun. If you want to check out some of my previous work and the work of other talented people in St. Louis, go over to theartsstl.com. Jason, where can they send you their uh, their death threats? All right. Well, that's going to be on Twitter and various other places as Video Crime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. Any place you see a video crime, chances are that's me, with the exception, of course, of Instagram and TikTok. There, I am at LaserGooseCEO. Uh, you can also find my writing. I am uh, getting back into it. Just launched a Substack, Golf Wolf Magazine. Talk to the show, 314-246-9766. That's 314-AHOY-POO. The website is, of course, 48minutesofdogsbarking.com. You can shoot us an email, jason at 48minutesofdogsbarking.com. Brian with a Y at 48minutesofdogsbarking.com. And support the show, patreon.com slash 48minutesofdogs. This is about the time we play some music to uh, send you off on a blissful voyage. We're going to leave you with a little bit of something by a band called Razor Bumps. Someone's called Freak Baby. Ooh. And as we always say at this time, namaste and good luck. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.